0: Hi, I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome my amazing friend, Dragonfly, who is a master manifester. And in her work, she helps others to harness their manifesting powers, particularly in regards to soulmate manifestation. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hi, Dragonfly.
1: Hi, Whitney.
0: Welcome to the Women Waken podcast.
1: Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here.
0: It is so exciting to have you here. I've been looking forward to this because I've enjoyed meeting you so much. We met just two months ago at the uh, Lightworkers Tea Mm -hmm. virtually and we were in a room together, right? A breakout room?
1: That's right, yeah.
0: Uh, Oh and I also saw you on the the um, Femme on Facebook? Feminine Frequency. Mm-hmm. Yes, Feminine Frequency. And I was so mesmerized by you because you were sitting right where you are now in your amazing throne. <laughs> I wish that this was visual so that people could see. My guest Dragonfly is actually sitting on... Is it a, what we call it a throne? It's a, it's a throne.
1: It, it is. It's a throne. <laughs> it's a
0: throne. <laughs> There's no other word for it because that's what it is. And it has... Is that an actual crystal at the top back
1: there? Or is it it's like a diamond? No, no. It's actually, it's actually this is a hollow.
0: Oh, okay.
1: But you just gave me an amazing idea.
0: <laughs> it looks like it from here. It looks like this, almost like a purple crystal. It so there, it does I think that's what's meant to be in there.
1: Yeah, that is what it's going to become. Give me like two days.
0: <laughs> so Dragonfly, could you share a little bit about sort of where you are now and what is the amazing magical work that you do from this throne of
1: yours? (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I am here in the lovely San Francisco Bay area or the San Francisco yay area as I like to call it. (laughs) And um, yeah, I've been here for like about a decade, a little more than a decade. Um, And yeah, so what I do here from this magical throne, uh, many things, many things. Um, But my primary focus is I help women manifest their soulmate. And beyond manifest them, I help them to prepare mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to keep them when they meet them. So that's, that's the main thing that I do. And it's a blast. I'm having so much fun with it.
0: Fantastic. And I cannot wait. Two weeks from now, on the new moon, because you you start this work on on new moons. Yeah, you and I will be working together because I happen to be looking (laughs) for that special someone, that true love. Yes, seeking your guidance, and I'm very excited for that experience.
1: I am too. Very much looking forward to working with you.
0: Yeah. Could you share a little bit about you know why why on the new moon and how does that process work?
1: Yes, yes, the new moon is just a really potent time for setting intentions and calling in what we want to manifest. Um, and the full moon is a time to give gratitude um, for for what we have manifested. So yeah, so I, I love working with the the energies of the moon. It, it's, it seems like it really does help in this kind of work. So yeah so it'll start with that um, and it's, it's a three month program. So every full moon we will have like a, a, a separate, um, ritual where, where we take stock of how far we've come. And, um, yeah, yeah. But working with the moon is really where it's at when it comes to manifestation.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We had a beautiful moon this past weekend, the full moon in Virgo.
1: Yes. Yes. It's been amazing. I've been, I watched it every night for the last like four or five nights Mm -hmm. gone outside and just sat under the moon for hours in the hot tub watching the stars. It's been fantastic.
0: Oh, perfect. Yeah. It was a good one hmm. So I think that everyone has thoughts about a soulmate. You know, everyone knows the phrase. Um, they're familiar with the concept. Not everyone believes in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Many people seek it. What are your thoughts about it? Do you think that everybody has a soulmate?
1: I do. I think that there's someone for everyone. But I also think that some of us choose to not, um, meet that person in this lifetime. Oh, for various reasons, you know, um, no, yeah,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: is that established
0: in a soul contract before we come here? Do you believe in soul contracts?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I do think that is established before we're born. So I feel that w- when we die um, and we, we, we join with our soul family and our spirit family and our guides, which are really just ourselves, <laughs> just um, our higher selves, Um, And we review what our life was like, um, the stuck parts, work through the stuck parts and figure out what sort of like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you when you're a freshman in college and you go to orientation and they're like, well, these are the classes you need. You don't have to take them all your freshman year. What do you feel like working on now? You know, and um, and and we prepare for our next life in that way. And depending on what our previous, what we did in our previous life, what we learned in our previous life and just what we want to learn in the next one, um, sometimes that would include being with a soulmate. You know, I feel like a lot of our our deepest learning does come from being in relationship. I do believe that, mm-hmm. um, but there are also, but there are things that you can't really learn uh, in, in, in healthy relationships either, you know, such as the value of um, being alone, you know, like, to, to be able to um, sit with loneliness and, and, um, and grow out of that, you know, to, to work with that and become okay being alone as an example, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so some, you know, it's kind of hard to do that if you're, if you meet the love of your life when you're 14, you know, and he's been, you know, how do you learn that lesson? So sometimes we choose to, um, to to be alone to learn the lessons that come from being alone that you cannot learn from being in relationship with people and uh, when that happens i always want to encourage people because like there's so many lifetimes that we get you know and in this one as as everything as it seems it's really just a blip in the ocean you know and you know, we might not even remember. Can you imagine? Like, you know how sometimes you wake up from like a crazy dream and then 10 minutes later, you're like, what was, what would I dream? I have no recollection of it at all. I wonder what it's like, you know, if it's like that sometimes when we die and, you know, we're gonna, you know, then all of a sudden we're like, I know I just came from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing? Who was I? You know, it's like, that's what this lifetime really is. You know? Yeah, it's, it's Absolutely, normal. yeah. <laughs>
0: And it is so, so funny to think about that because it, the way that our life is, the way that we are sort of conscious in this lifetime, it feels like, you know, so many of us wonder, is this all there is? Maybe this is the only time I've been alive and this is the only life there is. But then I I, I agree with you. I believe that once we pass, we are opened back up to the infinite of the many, many, many lives we've had. And we might, this is just going to seem like one tiny little part of a huge evolutionary process. Yet, even in that case, I think that people still feel like I want it to happen in this life. (laughs) I mean, I think I don't, I think everybody wants to believe that they might have that, that true love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's an interesting question too, or an interesting point because like, as far as soulmates go, like, I feel like soulmates are like, you know, are beings that we've been with for multiple, multiple, multiple lifetimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But having, like finding an epic love, I feel like we can create epic loves with people who are not necessarily our soulmate. Do you know what I mean? I feel like you can create your soulmate, you know, like you can nourish your relationship to become a soulmate connection. Really? Oh, absolutely.
0: Yes. Okay. (laughs) So do you get a sense dragonfly, when you work with people, is it, are you just sort of helping them the way that you know, or do you get a sense of their soulmate and where they are? Do you get a sense that they have one, or are you just kind of working with them based on what they share with you?
1: Yeah. I'm just working with them. I I've never gotten a sense of a person's particular soulmate. I have to admit, no, no. Um, I definitely can get a sense of the type of person that, um, you know, that my client would thrive with, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but not a specific sense of, of who that person might be. Unfortunately, I wish I could do that.
0: (laughs) But then that might, you know, sort of overstep because that's part of the magic, right? Is somebody Manifesting it themselves, yes. which you know that manifestation is a big part of your story and and your magic.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, yes, I I've been manifesting for as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. um, and I've literally like relied on it to the point of like depending on it for financial like for my financial well being even. Um, so yeah, I've gotten quite decent at it. I have to say over the years. Um, and there was a time when I started, you know, I, I kind of set out to like, see what might happen from, from manifesting my way around the world. And I started out with enough money to last three months (laughs) and was able to, I don't know, leverage my manifestation skills to keep traveling all over the world for three years straight without stopping.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
0: Where where did you start?
1: Where did I start? I started uh, in Ireland, London, Paris and Amsterdam. That was where it started. It started with Europe and then came to California um, to do like the West Coast festival scene for the first time. I was like this burning man I keep hearing about. I need to go to this party and just did a ton of festivals. And just I'm in love with the West Coast. Like I've been here. I want to say I've been here ever since. Really what it is, is I've wanted to be here ever since then. And um, so after that, where was my next trip? My next trip from there was South America, I believe, Argentina. Um, And then soon after that, I mean, Argentina, Guatemala, Mexico. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. My second trip was started in Costa Rica. I went to see a total lunar eclipse for my birthday. In Costa Rica. Yeah, and from there I went to like Panama and Honduras, Nicaragua. Um, I feel like I'm missing a country and I ended up in uh, Guatemala. and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna unpack my backpack. This is I was gonna keep going to Mexico and Belize. I'm like, no, I'm gonna stay in Guatemala. This place is amazing. And then, you know, and then and then I would come back to California for the summer and uh, and summer festival season because I, I was in love with it by that point. I couldn't miss it. And then every winter, um, I would come back out or late fall, I would come back out again, choose a different location for different reasons. So I think the time after that, um, I heard that there was a total solar eclipse happening on Easter Island for the first time that the island has been inhabited. So the first time humans have seen a total solar eclipse on Easter Island, and I was like, I'm gonna go there next. So <laughs> went back to South America and start, I think, in Colombia then and then Argentina, Bolivia, Peru, Chile, Easter Island, back to Chile, back to Argentina, back to Peru, and then back to California. So yeah, just depending on on, on them what's happening in the world, you know, what what my heart feels called to experience. And that's
0: how I would base my travels. Ooh. Yeah. So you just went with it, whatever you felt called to, you just made it happen. Did you buy a ticket or would things start to happen where you would ha- have a reason to go somewhere or somebody, did you pair up with people? Did you have travel partners or what is it all solo?
1: All solo, all solo. Uh, That's definitely the way I prefer to travel by far because I like doing whatever I want, whenever (laughs) I want. (laughs) And that's definitely the best way to make that happen. And so, yeah, so I would buy, typically I would buy a one-way ticket to a country and then Figure it out from there, decide where I want it to go next. And yeah, sometimes I would meet up with some really cool people that are like, oh, there's this great party happening in <laughs> Panama. We want to go. And then maybe I'd roll out with them and go party and then go somewhere else on my own. But yeah, super open and flowy, like no agenda aside from the things that you, that required it, like you know, celestial events only happen at a particular time. So that would that would dictate my agenda, but nothing else would.
0: Wow yeah have you always tended to have sort of like a wanderlust you know temperament did you have you always wanted to just sort of because some people would it'd be hard for them you know people tend to want to uh you know build some roots sometimes and get you know hunkered down but it sounds like you have you always liked to just go yes
1: absolutely and to not be tied down by anything you know um by anything. So, you know, I, I never wanted to have children because I didn't want to have a reason to not be able to go when, and where I wanted to go. Um, for a lot of the time, I didn't want to have a boyfriend because I didn't want to have a reason <laughs> to not go when I wanted to go. Um, and, uh, I, I did that, you know, in my travels that lasted three years, um, I'm so glad that I didn't meet my boyfriend before then, because he was so amazing that as soon as I met him, I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I like this guy more than I like traveling, which I never thought was something that could even be possible. Um, And and that's literally what sort of it didn't stop me from traveling. I still would go out mostly in the winter um, for a few months at a time. But. But yeah, it's like if I had met him any sooner, it would have gotten in the way. (laughs) It would have gotten in the way of my wanderlust, and I couldn't have that. So I'm grateful that the universe planned it out perfectly. So I got to have three years just exploring, doing whatever I wanted, choosing countries based on how cute the boys were there. Oh, which country wins? Argentina. Oh, really? (laughs) For my particular taste, there's a lot of dark, curly hair. And blue eyes or green eyes, which I just think is a fantastic combination.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Did you date? Did you have little, you know, love affairs as you traveled the world? Little, are you kidding?
1: (laughs) A boyfriend in every port. Are you kidding? (laughs) You know, yeah, that's exactly. I was, that's, you know, it's like I was, I called myself boy hunting. People were like, what are you doing there? I'm like, boy hunting. Just, just, you know, like, hmm, this one, I'll pick that one. This, you know, just like this picking a really great not always great but definitely good looking <laughs> guys and um, and for a, for a period of time um, I actually used it as a sort of way to make to, to sort of improve myself to improve myself as a girlfriend. Um, you know, and as a date, like as a partner, like I was like, I'm going to use these as as opportunities to practice being an epic girlfriend. Um, so and that's I was able to doing that helped me to learn what my triggers were <laughs> and and work through them and work through a lot of stuck parts. You know, um, you know, um, I had an issue with my Patience levels at a, at a certain point in my life that I inherited from my dad. Love you, dad. But um not super into the impatience part that I inherited from you, but I love you. Um, but yeah, so by um, having these um, so many encounters with these guys, I was able to work on these issues that there were legit issues like what I consider character flaws, you know, um that I was able to work through so that by the time I manifested my boyfriend who is my forever boyfriend, we don't want to get married. He just calls me his forever fiance and I and I like that. I like that term better than wife. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, by the time I met him, I feel like I was pretty ready. Like I was, you know, like I didn't have baggage in in his in in his perception, I didn't have any baggage and I think he didn't either, which made it really extremely easy and groovy to get along. Um, but yeah, like having those those years of travel and um being able to do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted really helped me and my personal development a lot so that I was like, bam, I came into this relationship ready to rock this relationship. And it's been rocking because it's been 11 and a half years. My goodness. <laughs> That's incredible.
0: That's incredible. So now you are with your soulmate?
1: Yes, definitely. I do consider him my soulmate. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've been together for so many lifetimes. Ah, yes. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, you know, it was like, I felt like I recognized him in some weird way.
0: Oh. Are you able to, to pinpoint What lifetimes are you able to remember or no? You just had a sense that you've done this before, this dance, this spirit essence dance.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Just a sense. It would be rad to pinpoint this, to pinpoint the lifetime. I would like to do that with some Akashic records uh, at some point, but yeah. But no, I just, just, just instant recognition and just. Familiarity, you know, it's like being able to say things and not need to explain them because, like, we already see the same way and mm. lots of little things too. Like, for example, you know, we met in Northern California in a, at a festival, and most people that that have been in, on the West Coast kind of know what that festival scene is like and know what the West Coast vibe and festival vibe is like. And um, you know, there's certain types of music that that go along with that. Punk rock is not one of them but punk rock was my background. And it was his too. And Mm -hmm. I just thought that was like, you know, it's pretty unusual to, you know, um, punks don't usually go to these festivals. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of little components that came together. It was like, this is too perfect. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. So let me ask you a question. When we say manifestation, what does that mean for you? Because I think people try to intentionally manifest yet it sounds like your travels and coming to meet your soulmate, your partner, that it sort do you think manifestation kind of goes on behind the scenes and then, or did you think about it? Cause it sounds like he just, you happened upon him at the right time, but do you think mm-hmm. you were subconsciously creating it or how does manifestation work in your eyes? You know,
1: that is such a great question. I'm so glad you asked that Um, because you know how we've all (laughs) we've all seen people where, you know, their lives seem to just work out really magically. And just like everything they want just appears and it doesn't look like they're doing much to get it. And then we see some people who really struggle to get the things that they want. And what I think, uh, what I think the basis of manifestation is, it's all energy. It's all vibration. And so if you vibrate at a frequency where manifestation comes naturally, then everything just shows up for you. And it looks effortless, you know, because it is effortless for you. Um, for, um, for people that that aren't necessarily living in that flow, it's a lot more effort, you know, like they might have to sit down and write down intentions and focus their energy on things. Um, But instead, if we were to all focus, if people that wanted to manifest something, instead of focusing on the outward thing that they wanted to manifest, but instead focused on um, the energy and vibration and frequency that they want to emit, that they want to attract, um, then I think things would come more easily to them. And just as an example, there are things that get in the way of manifesting. And I noticed this on my travels as well. Um, like, for example, if someone wrongs you and it's clear that you were wronged, and so you kind of have hold a grudge or you're angry with that person, you haven't forgiven them, that lack of forgiveness... I think can get in the way of manifestation happening. If your energy stays clear, then manifestation is so easy and so consistent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense because there's something about when you really feel at peace with yourself, when you really feel alignment with your true authentic self and you're expressing that, you do vibrate at a certain frequency but you also are just uh, you're very clear you're very open to receive it and it's not muddled um because as you said you know anger resentment a lack of forgiveness it really is it's a heavy is would you call it a heavy vibration it's a dense energy and if we're too dense we we can't really open ourselves but there's this you know i think everyone's experienced at some point it's like you get in the flow it's like there's these channels of energy and sometimes if you're having a you know a good day or a moment where you feel open and just, you know, connected, you get in this flow. And and just to your point, things start to work out, like things kind of come together and you're like, what is this magic? But then I think people lose it and they don't know how they got in it.
1: Right, <laughs> it sounds right. like you
0: spend your life in that flow.
1: <laughs> I, I have, I, I was, I was brought up doing that. Uh, my parents, my hippie parents, raised me in such a way as, as, as I've been living in that flow. And that's what I, that's what I show my clients as well. I teach them how to live in that flow where manifestation is easy and consistent because yeah, a lot of people are like, I haven't manifested that. How come I can't manifest these other things? It's like, there's so many things that can get in the way. I feel like we are naturally these open channels. Right. And then other things come into play, you know, like maybe, um, maybe the way our parents, um, dealt with us as children made us feel unworthy. And so then, so now there's that that's in the way that's like, well, there's this energy that wants to come through that wants to, to, you know, uh, to give me everything my heart desires, but I'm not so sure I'm worthy of it because my parents always said I didn't deserve anything, you know, and that, that channel gets clogged, you know, and most of us unless we have like a completely fairy tale you know upbringing and very few of us did um, I think most of us you know started out really young with things clogging up that channel and part of the process um, working with me uh, doing manifestation work is to unclog that channel to mm. get rid of all of those blocks that are get that are standing in the way of your manifestation coming to you
0: Ooh, get the gunk out clear exactly. out that, that gun gun. we all have. And, and we feel like it, you can't get it out. It feels like it's kind of stuck with you and it's very unpleasant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People can feel like it's a part of them and it's not, it's not a part of them. They lose who they are. They, they, you know, they, yeah. As you were saying, I remember you saying on, on a recent podcast that a lot of people don't know who they are and that's a big issue. It's like, if you're not sure who you are, then how do you know what, what, what negative components are a part of you or not? Like, how do you know that it's okay to like, get rid of those, you know? Cause you don't want to, get rid of something that's, that's you, right? This is you, right? But you, so you need to know, actually, this part is not me.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that we don't take the time to do that. I think that we can, on this plane, we can spend all our time focusing on externals we if we wanted to we don't ever have to look in but we feel the repercussions of not doing so right which is just your point we get gunk built up we get these things in us that we think are us so we start to have a lot of shame about it right we're like oh my gosh i'm kind of rude or i'm kind of you know this or that and we think it's who we are but it's not
1: that's right it's not we are pure light energy through and through it's just yeah
0: yeah. And I think that if more people recognize that they can see it as that, that it's, there's nothing wrong. And it's not even that those things are bad. It's just energy that got stuck and, yeah. and it's, it's dense and it's having, it keeps you down. It keeps you more in that, you know, in anger, resentment, sadness, depression, those things. We don't recognize it. It's just clearing. We just need to clear it out.
1: You yeah. know, and it's, it's
0: really a shame that we, we don't focus more on that being a part of our, our daily lives. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And that's really, you know, the reason why I I want to bring women like you, you know, to a forefront to speak, because the more of us that speak about these things, I believe I, I think a lot about, you know, the, the shamanic idea of seven generations. Do you know that term? Is it seven or five? Seven. Seven. Yes. So we're thinking about, you know, not what we can do in this one lifetime, but What can we do now that contributes to how we might live in seven generations? Because what I think about all the time is I'd love to have a world where we don't live with so much misery and so much concealment and shame and trauma that we just get stored. So when people like you speak about it, it allows people to start thinking a little differently and starting to think differently is sort of that domino effect that in seven generations could create a whole new world.
1: Mm, Exactly, exactly. Exactly. I really value the work you're doing for that. It's amazing. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Getting it started. <laughs> so I'd love to hear more. We went back a little bit and you said that when you were raised, you know, you were encouraged to do this, you know, to sort of be, was, would you say it was just positivity? Because I'm wondering, did you ever have a moment where you recognized that you were a spiritual being, that you were not just, you know, a human being that you were actually a spiritual being and you had capabilities, you had magic, you could create magic in this world because this world is magic. Life is magic. <laughs> That's another thing though. We all don't really seem to know that or connect with that concept, which robs us of so much joy in life. But it sounds like you connected with that. So what was that like for you and discovering that? Did it just, was it just your innate understanding of yourself or did you kind of have a moment where you're like, oh, wow, I can, <laughs> I can make things happen.
1: I was told I was taught that my parents taught me that from the very beginning, you know, that, um, you know, that we're spiritual beings inhabiting human bodies for this time that we're on this planet. And in addition to that, um, from so in addition to like just growing up with that as like the background, you know, the the baseline foundation, um, my my dad, we didn't get allowances growing up. So if I wanted spending money, my dad would uh, would pay me to read books of his choosing. That's how I could earn money. Mm-hmm. And so from the very beginning, and at the very beginning, from about age 12, um, I was reading books like A Course in Miracles and The Holographic Universe and um, just books on quantum physics and stuff and all of these like sort of like new age spiritual, um, you know, personal development books and stuff mm-hmm. um, that that say those things, that teach those things. And A Course in Miracles was the was the primary book that, that I was raised on. Um, so from the very beginning, Um but in addition to that, I was I was brought up with an epic amount of positivity, and I didn't realize just how much until just years ago. Um, you know, uh, my my mother um, only listened to contemporary Christian music, so there was never anything negative. We would never hear anything negative from that. Um, My parents uh, were careful about what we saw on television or what movies we saw. Like we might get to watch a movie, but there there would be times where they would send us out of the room or whatever. So that everything that we were exposed to growing up was really positive. Um, My parents didn't allow name calling, even if it was like just like sarcastic, you know, sarcasm was considered negativity. So my mother did not allow it we were only allowed to speak in terms of, in, in terms of positivity, you know, mm-hmm. we were not allowed and we did it anyway, right. Cause we're kids, but you know, we weren't allowed to like, you know, you know, rib each other and you just, you know, and make fun of each other. Um, she was just really like really careful about that and, and would always reel us back in and help us to reframe things in a positive light. So I grew up with that from the very, very jump. And, um, and i do remember as a, as a small child like at age 5 or 6 having some awareness that there was a part of me that was outside of myself that that could see more than they could see more, more of what was going on than just what i could see at, you know through my own eyes and mm-hmm. i didn't know how i i still don't quite understand what that experience was <laughs> but yeah there was a, I had a sense of myself as outside of myself from a young age as well
0: Well, so maybe taking up the space of your soul, I mean, or whatever we want to call it, but our our energy field or the thing that, that kind of encompasses us.
1: Yeah, perhaps it's hard to know.
0: Wow. So then they, they encourage this. And so you just started working with it. Did you ever have um, any experience of psychic abilities or were you able to, you know, did you have any premonitions or anything, you know, that people consider sort of like when you come into a spiritual awakening you say, oh, wow, I have this ability. And it clearly manifestation is one of yours. But were there other things that you became attuned with?
1: There were at various times. Um, now, my, my both, both grandmothers on, on both sides are psychic. My father is very psychic. My mother knows so many things. She has no right to know, no business. How do you know this? She's super intuitive. And um, there was a time when I was about 18, I think I was, um, when my, maybe a little bit older, but my favorite singer died, Jeff Buckley. Was, oh, I love, I love Jeff Buckley. And and I uh, had um, plans to go see him play for the first time. Um, I was road tripping out. I actually had road tripped out to go um, see him play. Um, and the show was canceled and nobody told us. So it was like a four hour drive, you know, each way and it was canceled. And then if sometime very soon after I hear on MTV, back when MTV played music and that he had drowned and I was completely heartbroken. And and uh, from there, like the next, th- that night and the next several days, I I don't know if it was the trauma of that or what, but something clicked in me and all of a sudden, I was able to pick up on people's thoughts um, that they weren't speaking. You know, I would hear them as if they were thoughts in my own head, and then I would think, "Wait, I." I didn't say that. That, I I didn't think that, that wasn't my thought. That's weird, what's that doing in there? And I would just ignore it, but it just kept happening so much. Um, My father um, is clairaudient as well. I I don't consider myself to be clairaudient actually, but um, but I think that my dad is. Um, And for me, that that was an experience that just lasted mm, several weeks, maybe up to a couple of months. yeah, it was really, really trippy. Um, Even sometimes I would hear them hear these thoughts so loud, I thought they were spoken. And I would respond to the person that's sitting there and they were like, <laughs> I didn't say that but I was thinking it. So yeah.
0: Wow. Now, do you think it, it was the person next to you's thought? Oh, okay. It was, cause you just said that they would be thinking it. Cause sometimes when you think of audience, it, it can mean sort of our spirits or our angel guides that we're, we're hearing those messages, but sometimes it can also be people around you. So tell almost telepathically hearing.
1: Yeah. In my case, it definitely seemed to be the people around me. Okay. Um, I remember being in a restaurant and, in hearing, um, hearing in a Southern accent, which no one in my family uses, uh, speaks with, even though it was Tennessee. Um, But I heard a guy say something about two-piece chicken. And it was like in the Southern accent. And I was like, that's weird, okay. (laughs) And then a few minutes later, the next voice I heard was this guy's voice ordering that. Or You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. So from, I don't, I'm not so sure that I, that I've heard other, um, like disembodied beings, like from spiritual realms. It seemed like it was like just hearing, hearing the thoughts around me as though they were spoken to me.
0: Wow. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it is kind of nuts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So then you've always had just a lot of different connections and opening the most, most people, I would say, because some people never have those experiences. Maybe they do, and they just dismiss them, but you, when you're open to it, you know, and that makes me think back to, you know, the way you're describing your childhood, you know, that's another thing I wonder about when we talk about seven generations, you know, I don't know that you can force people to stop being negative and, you know, to kind of surround themselves with, you know, negative, just, humor that might be a little dark or or sarcasm, these things that we just sort of, right now, we, we think we enjoy them, but you got to wonder, how does that affect us in the long yeah. term? Is it possible to be a truly authentic, expressing self if you're constantly in this um, place that, you know, there's a lot of violence, not only in the real world, world, but in our movies, in our shows, w- the way we interact with one another, there, you know, in music even. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I don't, Because you know it's it's just a tricky thing. Because it's like, well, we can't censor it. But I, my thought is that it's about more about actual conscious evolution. You know that we're going to get to a point where we recognize where we just stop doing it because we know what it does to us. Kind of like when somebody, if somebody quits smoking, it doesn't usually help to tell someone, "Don't do this, don't do this." Someone kind of has to reach the point where they're they think, you know, this isn't good for me. I don't really enjoy it anymore. There's a lot of negatives and not really positives. I think I'm gonna let it go. Yeah, And I wonder if that's where we're going to head because it just really does seem that these things that we think are quote unquote harmless, you know, they, they have an impact. They can't help but sort of taint and, you know, affect our energy.
1: Yes. I agree with you. One hundred percent. Um, that's part of the reason that I stopped watching television in something like 2004 or something. Whoa. What? (laughs) time ago. 20 years. Yeah. Not it's movies been, or anything? I know. No, I would, I would occasionally go to movies, but I didn't, but rarely, 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 you know, maybe with my sisters, you know, or something. Um, But no, yeah, it wasn't, it's like, I don't want to, I want to be super careful about the energy that I bring into my space, you know, and, wow. and one of the things that I learned from, you know, from my mother growing up, you know, and so it was, it was really natural and easy for me to do that. And then, you know, traveling too, it's like, why, why would you watch television when you're in like some new country with all these new sounds and smells and tastes and beings, you know? So it was just, it was just far from my consciousness and it has remained so.
0: And does your partner align with you on that? Does he also not watch TV or any of that? Cause that'd be a pretty big discrepancy if one person's, you know, really trying to keep their energy field clear and the other is pretty, you know, into normal modern activities like that.
1: Yeah, luckily for me, yeah, when I when I met uh, my partner, he had a television and it almost never was on. The only time it was turned on is when I was like, was when I was trying to turn him on to some Canadian show that I had discovered when I was living in Canada called The Trailer Park Boys, if anyone's curious. It's hilarious. It's on Netflix. <laughs> but um, But yeah, like we would only, you know, yeah, he was naturally also not into television. I think he spent several... He was in Hawaii before he was here, and he didn't have a television there. I think he was there for like twelve years, um, and wasn't into television. And It's really, really convenient because, yeah, as you said, it could be really weird. And um, more recently, a friend turned him on to some show that he, you know, wanted to watch. And I'm like, you know, and he, he sees me cringe, you know, because there's violence and stuff. And so, like now, like I'll be in his arms and we're watching, and he'll totally like put me, cover my cover my eyes when he thinks something gnarly is about to happen. Just to spare me, but but even that, it's like I already told him. Like, can we not? This is three seasons. I don't know how long I can do this. You know, it's just because it really does affect me. It's yeah, it gets to me for sure.
0: It does. And do you all? Um, are you all similar in other ways? Is is he also fairly spiritually attuned and open? Or because I just you know, it comes back to the question of who is our soulmate, you know, do, do they have to be exactly like us or can they, you know, just be open to things and that's enough or, or you know, it's the question of like, how aligned, how matched do we have to be for someone to be our soulmate or do, mm-hmm. is it an opposite thing? What are your thoughts on that?
1: That's a great question. Um, and I think that, that there are some similarities that are sort of like a requirement and kind of maybe non-negotiables even um, for that to be. But they're not, they're not personality based. They're not, you know, what are you interested in based? It's, it's based on, it's based on like their spiritual connection. You know, it's like, is this a person who um, has empathy? Is this a person Mm -hmm. who um, values self-care? Is this a person who values personal development? Um, Is this a person who is going to recognize um, when he has made a mistake and apologize for it? Or is it the type of person that can't apologize? You know, that just never says I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Um, Those things I think are essential. Um, especially particularly for if you, if you yourself are a person who, who has those characteristics, you know, if you yourself are a person that wants to grow and evolve, um, and, and have, you know, healthy, conscious ways of communicating your partner needs to have those characteristics too. Mm -hmm. I think in order for that relationship to drive, to, to thrive, otherwise you're going to have one person who's doing all the work you know, and the other person who's, you know what I mean? And that's, that can lead to resentment really quickly, I think.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When there's an imbalance and then people start yeah. to feel frustrated. Um, yeah, that can be hard. So then it sounds like it's more about, you know, what people are being, it's more about, you know, their values, their, their true sort of, you know, their core rather than, you know, anything else that other things can kind of be worked through. And I, you know, I say this because I think about when people have, um, you know, their deal breakers yeah. and I think people have a, very certain things in mind where they say, well, if they're not into this or that, or they don't do this then, but you know, I, it sounds more like it's the the source of the matter that, that counts rather than how it, you know, manifests or is expressed.
1: I think so. Yeah, I definitely think so.
0: Well, good. I'm taking notes.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know what to be looking for. Um, so, one thing I'd love to know about is the story of your name. Because of oh, course, yeah, Dragonfly is so mystical and magical and so much fun. And I'm wondering, was that the courtesy of your your lovely, positive hippie parents?
1: Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. They they are hippie like that. Um, um, my dad wanted to name me Mystic. I'm like, yeah, no pressure. Like, I'm glad you didn't do that. Um, But Dragonfly was a name that was given to me by several of my girlfriends when I was in graduate school um, in Vancouver. I went to the University of British Columbia. And um, once I started um, traveling, they were like, oh, my God, you're never anywhere for more than like two weeks. When am I ever going to get to see you again? You're just you're just here. And then you're there. You're here. And then you're there. You're like a dragonfly. And they started calling me dragonfly. And so, yeah, it just stuck. I'm like, that works for me. I I enjoy that. And I started seeing little synchronicities um, around it as well. I'm like, I think I'm going to keep this name, like including this little (laughs) There's, so now there's like I see dragonflies everywhere. <laughs> there you go. Candle, but um, but yeah. So that's where dragonfly came from. Um, and it's it's been great introducing myself as that. It, it it always elicits such a positive response for people. I like, get to hear about their dragonfly experiences and stuff. It's always so good. But my last name, um, which is De La Luz, that mm-hmm. came um, as a result of traveling. And you know, always being in a new place, so people are always asking, Where are you from? and I would struggle with that question because, like, the true answer is, I come from God. Sometimes I would say, I come from the Pleiades (laughs) because (laughs) that's true as well. Um, we want to hear more about that, (laughs) but keep going. (laughs) Um, but you know, like, and a lot of times, if I would just tell them, like, you know, where my parents made me, which is Nashville, um then they'd be like, "Oh, Tennessee, do they wear shoes down there? And just they would just bring me into all these conversations that I just did not want to have. you know, this is this is not a good use of my time. So I'm like, well, what do I how can I respond to people in a way that's honest um, that that really reflects where I, where I'm truly from? Or I feel like I'm truly from. I wasn't sure, so I had it, you know, I just had it running in the back of my mind, looking for clues on on, on what that should be. And I went home for the holidays, and next to my mother's uh, bed on her nightstand was a book called The Gospel of Thomas, one of the Bible, one of the books of the Bible that didn't make it into the Bible, like you know, like that was oh. found at sea scrolls. Um, so I was like, oh, great. Awesome. I, I love those. I love the the, the Dead Sea Scrolls and, and the books that didn't make it in the Bible. There's some really mystical stuff in those books. And so I grabbed it and I'm reading it. And I come to a section where um, Yeshua, Jesus, I like to call him Yeshua, was about to send the disciples off somewhere. And one of them said to him, well, what do we say to them if they ask us where we're from? And Yeshua said, tell them you're from the light. And I was like, perfect. That's where I'll say I'm from. I'm from the light. So de la luz is Spanish for from the light. Oh,
0: oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to borrow that once in a while. All right, <laughs> oh that's so perfect.
1: Yeah, I'm like, that, that That was, you know, I got the chills when, when, I, when I read it. I'm like, that is the truest, most authentic answer that I could possibly offer anyone.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the truth for all of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. We can't have a
0: light, so I feel like people can be pretty comfortable with that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay if they're not because it's still the truth and your truth,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah, I do want to hear a little bit more about not being from here and being a ple ple pleadian or pleadian. How do we pronounce it?
1: Pleadian,
0: pleadian, because star seeds are a pretty common phrase right now. Um. Mm -hmm. People who identify as being a starseed, which is essentially someone from another planet or galaxy that has come to Earth at this time to bring forth the things that we need, that we're lacking, (laughs) bring forth some love, some healing. And the Pleiadians in particular are from the Pleiadian galaxy, which is, it's also called the Seven Sisters,
1: Yes. Yes. It's a constellation of seven stars.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what brought you into an, aware- an awareness that that's where you're from?
1: That's a great question too. And it reminds me that there was, it was a clear audience experience where there were other beings. This, this happened to me once as far as I can remember. Um, but yeah, I, I had, there'd always been like little random little clues, little synchronicities that, I, that would make me wonder, huh, that's weird. You know, But then on this particular day, uh, I was living in New Mexico where I was uh, an undergrad. And uh, all of a sudden, like I was uh, going out with this guy that was doing a lot of like really heady consciousness research um, as a philosophy student about the nature of consciousness and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were hanging out, getting really, really deep, talking about stuff like that. All of a sudden, I hear these, these sounds in my head that were almost like... Uh, like if you're like trying to like tune um, a, a radio or something. yeah, um, but Frequencies. Not yeah, yeah. Frequencies. That's exactly, okay. that's exactly what it was. And there was, and, it was, no it was and there was like, almost like a ringing in the ears, but not quite. Just like different frequency sounds, like high pitched frequency sounds. Um, and I'm just like, sort of like ignoring them. Like this is kind of weird, but still listening to uh, my former boy, you know, my then boyfriend uh, talk about this far out stuff. And, and it kept, like at a certain point it 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 seemed like it got to a point where it's where the, that sound stopped and then this other energy came and all of a sudden these thoughts were in my head that were not my thoughts and um and they were actually saying things that related directly to the consciousness research that my um then boyfriend was doing and to the point where i had to say wait a minute to my, to the guy, honey, stop talking. I can't hear two people at once. Uh, He's like, who's the other person? Right? So that was my, I guess, a channeling experience even though I never really thought of it as that. But yeah, they were feeding me information to feed to him it wasn't even about me. It wasn't even about me. But then towards the end, I, you know, it lasted for about 20 minutes and he's writing everything down and, you know, and it lasted for about 20 minutes. And I felt like the energy start to like dissipate. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And that's when I finally spoke up for me. <laughs> and I said, wait, wait, who are you? Who are you guys? And they said, we are the peas. You'll know, oh our name. you'll recognize our name when you hear it. And we'll be back. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, the peas. And I and went to my computer, and I'm like, looking up, um, are there any um, alien beings, no, you know, that start with P, you know? And I'm like, huh, okay. I found the Ple- Pleiadians was one. And and then, um, and I just kept it in the back of my mind, like, okay, so that was weird, you know. <laughs> Maybe they'll be back. I don't even know what that means. Um, and then a couple of years later. Um, I was at a friend's house, actually a friend's parent's house, uh, and uh, someone picked up a book and said, "You should read this. If you, if you, if you have some Pleiadian connections, you should read this book." I'm like, "What is it?" And I opened it to the intro, um, and it's and it was uh, I don't even know who wrote this book or even what it was called, <laughs> but in the intro, it said, um, but it was about the Pleiadians. In the intro, it said um, that the, the, the author said that these beings had come to her and said, and identified themselves as the peas. No. And that's when I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, I get it. And then, but even still, I was like, mm, you know, this is kind of weird. I'm not sure, quite sure what to make of this or what it means, but there were so many other things. And and I, I, I there were so many things that I actually kept a log. I have a file somewhere on my laptop of all the different um, experiences that I had that led me to that belief you know um, other experiences including with it with a psychic um that said that I was uh, an ambassador um of the Pleiadians oh, you, know? Of and, you know and you write all of this stuff down you know but yeah but eventually I was like okay I got it I think I get it now I think I think I believe now <laughs> dragonfly that's incredible i've
0: never talked to someone who actually had a firsthand experience i've you know you read about it you you hear about it i think i shared with you a book called bringers of the dawn
1: yes uh-huh. and they have an
0: audio of that on youtube and i listened to it and, it and it is a channeling that too is it so many things are are channelings um i don't know are you familiar with Dolores cannon yes so she does amazing crazy channelings um but i've never talked to somebody who actually had it happen to them
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I almost forgot about it, to be honest, because it was just it was so long ago and that whole thing just seemed like it wasn't for me, you know, like I, you know, like, like it wasn't intended for me. It was intended for my boyfriend and I was just like the conduit. But, but yeah, yeah, that was the earliest time that I was uh, given that information. In addition to that, though, I should say um, my, both of my parents are abductees. Um, oh, Yeah. So there's that.
0: (laughs) Can we, can we hear a little bit about that?
1: Um, yeah. So, um, there might be more stories that that I don't know of, but, um, the, the one that I know of for sure, actually, there's a couple, um, my parents were in their bed, in their bedroom. Um, a super bright light was in, you know, came into their room. Like this is at night when they're trying to sleep. And my dad's like, why is there a helicopter flying this low in the suburbs? Like what is going on out there? You know, um, the next thing he remembers is being, is is his body floating upward. Um, and he said that it felt like being in an elevator, but like going the wrong direction. Like either, you, like you're, you're either going down, but it feels like you're going up or you're going up and it feels like you're going down, Something something to that effect. Um, I don't think, I I don't think he remembers much of what happened uh, before he woke up. He just remembers like floating up it, into the ceiling and, you know, um, but my, the next morning, my mother, um, who had no recollection of the night before, had two very strange marks on her neck. Oh no. Um, and my dad was like, completely chill about it. My dad is like the most like, you know, he will, if it looks like you might have gotten a spider bite, you are going to the ER. My daddy is driving you. He takes (laughs) no chances. So it was so odd, you know, that, you know, when he was looking back at it and my mom too was saying this, it was so odd that they both were like looking at it and aware that something odd had, ha- had happened to my mom's neck and did no follow-up, didn't do anything that had to do with like, well, let's figure out what this is, you know, you know, so. we
0: <laughs> are uh, just like, no, 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 that's, that's okay. That that's, we're not going to worry about that one.
1: How so random. Your mom
0: was abducted as well the same evening. You think they both went together?
1: Uh, It's hard to know. My mom doesn't have the memory of floating up. She has no memory of of, of the night before. Um, So only my dad remembers floating up. Um, There was another time that my father was abducted. Um, um, At that time, he had just started wearing contacts. Um, And after his abduction, he didn't need contacts anymore. And his vision has been twenty twenty ever since.
0: What?! oh sweet so they they're just coming to help us out with our our senses they're just kind of clearing (laughs) things up all right (laughs) that's incredible you know I wonder I wonder do you think that people who are abducted they that they are aliens as well do you think your dad is an alien and they're just going like bringing him up for a tune-up or are we I mean I guess we're all aliens
1: um We are all aliens in a way, you know, it's like, I do think panspermia happened, you know, and so like DNA from other planets came here. But in another way, I do think my dad's an alien. (laughs) Not like straight up like, you know, he's not like a little green dude or anything, but but he does have um, a a negative blood type. And, you know, um, there is no basis um, on earth. There is no basis for negative blood types that's not something that happens on earth. And they don't really know where that comes from, but apparently a lot of people um, that have red hair have um, negative blood type. And my dad, despite being African-American, had red hair as a child. Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The tips of his eyelashes still turn red in the summer. It's so cute. He's
0: adorable. Oh my goodness does he think he's an alien what is what does he think of that experience
1: you know yeah uh, he 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 jokes about that all the time you know it's like it's kind of hilarious mm-hmm. um uh, he you know he'll say things like like my mom will be like hey you hungry and he's like we don't get hungry on my planet you know <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah he, he definitely identifies you know with, with that and he's seen so many ufos like My dad's seen probably, I don't know, 15 UFOs or something, you know? Just Um, just in the night sky. He's outside. He just, he just sees them. It doesn't have to be night. He sees, he's seen them in broad daylight, you know, um, with my mother as well. Um, but yeah. Is this in a public space and can only certain people
0: see spaceships or is it just, it just happens that no one's around and there's a spaceship that appears?
1: I'm pretty sure that, I know he's definitely seen some stuff on his own. He's had some really weird sightings on his own, but I'm pretty sure he's seen stuff with other people as well, as have I. Um, When I lived in New Mexico, I probably, at this point I've probably seen 10 or 12 UFO sightings in my life, (laughs) but (laughs) zero in the last like, I don't know, 10 years. Like ever since I've been in California, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen them at all. Um, I thought I did Uh, one night right around, this was kind of funny, it was right around um, George, the, the murder of George Floyd. Mm. Um, so like, there's a, this upheaval in the streets, so much disrespect and so much feeling like nobody, like so many people just didn't care about black people, didn't care about black lives, you know? And I, I was sitting in the hot tub, this was maybe just days after George Floyd died. And, and I looked up and I see this, what I think is a shooting star, and it's, you know, the star move. move. You know, but it came out of, there wasn't a star there before, but that's how shooting stars look. You know, like it's something that comes out of nowhere. And so, but it came out of nowhere and just sort of like moved forward a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's a slow moving shooting star. Oh, that's not a shooting star at all. And then another one came behind it. And I was like, oh, that's really not a shooting star. (laughs) And one after the other, these pinpoints of like starlight kept coming out of nothing out of like, I'm looking at the sky where this is coming from. It's a perfectly clear night. It's coming out of nothing. 60 of these things came out (laughs) and just went clear across the sky. And my boyfriend was there, he saw it too. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, oh my God, is this Wakanda? (laughs) Like, I was like, sweet, this is perfect. Like there's this huge fleet of UFOs is what I thought. This huge fleet of UFOs and they're coming and they're heading East. Hopefully, to the White House, and they're gonna tell people to start respecting us. That's what I was hoping. And I got on Facebook immediately, like, yeah, you guys look up. I, th- I think I see like 60, da da da. And someone responded, yeah, that's called um, Starlink. That's like Elon Musk's thing. And I was like, oh, oh. Elon. <laughs> oh, why is he messing with
0: everything?
1: <laughs> but it was beautiful. And it was a really beautiful <laughs> feeling, too, that in, the, the, in those moments to think, Wow, they have. This is the reason that they're coming. You know, like they're seeing what's going on. They're like, no, 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 no. you are not messing with black people anymore. That's right. That's what I hoped. But um, but aside from that, which is clearly a false alarm, I've seen like ten or twelve, and the vast majority of them have been seen with multiple other people.
0: And Most- people saw them.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. What did, it, what did it look like? Was it was it close at all, or was it just at a
1: distance in the night
0: sky, I think or? Once,
1: so many different ones. Um, the, the, the sighting that the the, the most people saw with me, um, was in Vancouver and uh, I'm the one that pointed it out. I'm always the one that points them out. I'm always the first one that notices them for some reason, but six other people, like nobody, it was me and, and my then boyfriend on a corner, um, watching it, but other people would pass by and I'd be like, Hey, Hey, do you see this too? And so like six other people were standing there pointing and they're like, "Guess it must be a UFO. It looks like to me. And there were several of them and they were metallic and mm-hmm. they were small. It was, it was super, they were far away. So it was kind of hard to get a sense of their size or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but they were metallic and there were, I don't know, something like six of them. Again, I have all these details um, written down, you know, cause I like to keep mm-hmm. records, you know, really accurate records of, of experiences like that but uh but yeah almost every single one i've seen has been in, has been witnessed by others there was one uh that was outside my apartment window and this thing was weird it was completely changing shape before Ooh. my eyes and um and it I, I couldn't even like i think in the beginning it was kind of cylindrical but it was changing shape mm-hmm. um my little brother happened to call me at that time and he's like what are you doing i'm like I'm looking at a UFO actually. (laughs) And this was before, um, before smartphones, So there, I didn't have the, you know, I couldn't just video it, you know? Um, but I was super, it was one of those things like where my dad was like super chill, even though my mom had these marks that probably, you know, that in, in any other time, my dad would have insisted on her getting checked out. I was super chill watching this thing where, you know, and my brother was like, so what's it doing now? I'm like, you know, I'm actually not looking at it anymore. I'm in the kitchen. He's like, "Are you kidding? Why are you not watching this until the end?" And for some reason, I just had this feeling of like, you know, nothing to see here. It, it did a number on my on my brain. It just, you know, it just it seemed like it like put out some energy that was like, "We're good. Nothing to see here. Just relax, going about your business." Well, was it maybe it was a Pleiadian? Maybe
0: it was one of your your family members, and they're coming to say
1: <laughs> <sing> hi. <laughs> Who knows? I have no way of knowing. I wish I could know these things. That's so
0: cool. I wish I saw these things. I wish so much. (laughs) What what do you think, what are they doing? Do you think in, in, well, I, uh, you know, a book series that I really appreciate is called conversations with God. Hmm. And it talks a lot about aliens and the presence of aliens. And that of course aliens exist in our, in our universe. And, just like here on earth, there are benevolent ones and there are malevolent ones. Yes. So I'd like to think we have plenty of benevolent aliens that come to see us. Do you think they're helping us a little?
1: I do. I think they're helping us a lot. I think they're helping us as much as they are allowed to help us,
0: you know? Yeah. Cause there, there has to be, they, they see the bigger picture, right? We just yeah. see, Hey, we're, you know, things are really screwed up here on earth. Can you, can you help us out? Can you help? And, but they know you can't, you can only intervene so much, but we have free will here, right? So there's that. So we have to decide for ourselves, but also, you know, you got to kind of let things play out. You know, there's a reason why we're here and we're having this unique experience. Yeah. But they do seem to want to help us a little (laughs) because we're yeah Mm -hmm. pretty stuck in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, it's true. I think that, I think how they're helping us is by sending their own people, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 spirit souls of their own people to incarnate on this planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's, there are a lot of hybrids here. There are a lot of hybrids here that are, you know, that are holding down the love vibe,
0: mm-hmm. you know, where,
1: where, you know, where it's needed, where it's needed the most.
0: Yeah. I, I've come to think that I, I think I'm, I'm one of Something like that, whether a hybrid or just a straight up Pleiadian, because I have a birthmark that literally looks just like the Seven Sisters, the Pleiadian constellation, <laughs> and I'm like, I, that's got to be a stamp of <laughs> identification.
1: I want to see that. You have to send me a picture. <laughs>
0: okay, I will. <laughs> I will. Do you do you think though that there's? Do you think there's a malevolent alien presence on Earth? Some people think that that's why we have so much fear here. That we're almost—I mean, some people have a theory that we're—we've kind of become like a battery that people use us as batteries to, you know, malevolent beings. Do that. What do you What do you think?
1: Ooh, like to 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 fuel malevolent beings?
0: Yeah, that they feed on our fear, oh, off
1: the fear and the negative energy. Yeah, yes. I can see that. I can see that happening. <laughs> it makes um, sense
0: if you look around. Yeah. <laughs> they got, they're getting plenty of juice
1: from us. They—they they certainly are. They certainly are. And I do feel like there are definitely some malevolent energies working at uh, you know at, at play as well mm-hmm. um most often it seems like the grays have ah. that energy
0: oh do you want to uh, you know, tell us a bit about the grays
1: uh you know i don't know a whole i haven't studied um them a lot or anything like that um but huh I'm not convinced that they have our best interest in mind. I can say that. Yeah. And some of it's think just an energetic thing, you know?
0: Do you think that they walk among us? Do you think that some people that we think are humans are aliens? Is it a thing? <sighs>
1: Yes, yes, I do. But I, I don't think like that they're like aliens, like they get home and they like take off their human suit and are greys or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're aliens in that they typically reincarnate on different planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and they chose to they chose to use a human portal to come to Earth and incarnate mm-hmm. here. Um, and th- that's how I think aliens are, are walking among us. I don't think they like came off, of, you know, came in a spaceship and got dropped off and are, are blending in, although that's possible. Um, but I don't, you know, uh, that doesn't resonate with me as, as much as um, the notion of, of beings choosing to be born on this planet and take the years or whatever that it takes for them to mature um, to where they can share their message.
0: Yeah. Be it a positive or less than positive one.
1: Yes, unfortunately, unfortunately,
0: interesting. and And it feels like we're at sort of a precipice or or you know, the uh, you know, the a heightened point where we're, we're 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 reaching the crescendo of something, right? Something feels like it's bubbling up. I mean, obviously, you look around and tensions are so high and things are hitting this point where people are really starting to question more and ask, you know where what is going on? what are what are we going to do? And I, I just can't help but wonder if if you know there are other beings that are kind of watching or that are involved heavily and that know we're about to kind of have this breakthrough. I think it's going to be a breakthrough.
1: Yeah, I think so. I do think so for sure, for sure. I think that you know I think that um, I think that um, aliens, certain aliens, certain alien races um, send their people in uh, to this planet um, at the end of, of one age to usher in the next age. I think that is a common practice.
0: Yes, that's what it is. We're at the end of an age. We, it, it's so obvious. And you know, I think that's why it, it almost feels like we're holding on right now. It's, it's that sense of like when you, when you know change is coming, but you don't really want to let go. You know, mm-hmm. and everything's kind of breaking apart, and and we know it, but we're holding on to what we've, what we've known for so long. It mm-hmm. is time to let go and see it what is. happens. To just your point, like falling in love, right? You just got to surrender. You just got to yeah. see where the fall takes you. And we're about to fall, break through, and then fall into something totally new. Mm-hmm. And unless, you know, unless we do it, we're gonna go very uncomfortably, right? We're gonna be scrambling and all of that. But if we can just let go, we're we're about to, you know, it's it's a it's a end of something. It's an end. Yes.
1: a mm-hmm. new beginning. It is. I think it's the reinstatement of heaven on earth. Oh, okay. I'll go with That's that. That's how I see it. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is
0: that going to look like and is it now, we, you know, we talked about several generations. Do you do you see heaven on earth happening 100, 200, 300 next week,
1: you know, what? <laughs> I see it happening right now in pockets.
0: Ah, okay. In certain,
1: you know, in some pockets. I think there are places that you could move to where your experience it would be like heaven on earth.
0: Oh dang! Well, where's that?
1: <laughs> <Over there>. <laughs> Tell <laughs> us. Don't hold up. <laughs> you know, there's you know different. You know, it, it would it would differ for each person, like what each person is into. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and in in my personal experience, um, meeting this guy has created a heaven on earth experience for me. Mm. Um, I have become such a snuggle bunny since meeting him, and it's like all I want to do. And when I'm in his arms. It is heaven. And I just, I feel myself saying, this is heaven. This is heaven all the time. Cause that's, that's what it is for me. That's how it feels for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same happens when I'm in Bali. You know, I know Bali has its issues, you know, but when I'm in, um, Ubud specifically is, was, was the, was where I liked to, to hang out. Um, it was heaven for me, you know, because I am, um, vegetarian, vegan, um, I'm allergic to gluten. So I've got all these, like, you know, re- this highly restrictive diet and, uh, but there like 90% of the places that I want to go cater to people like me, you know? So it was heaven for me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also, but in a more general way, um, I feel like um, where there are people that value unconditional love who even know what that is um, and um, and and give that to people, you know, um, mm-hmm. that um, they give people freedom, that don't uh, guilt trip people, that don't make people feel feel bad you know what I mean um where there's just love you know and acceptance and people that you know I don't necessarily know who you are or what you're into but I accept you can I just accept you you know like that kind of feeling um which a lot of people feel when they go to like Burning Man um or various um various um West Coast festivals or festivals in general Mm -hmm. actually I won't say festivals in general but West Coast festivals um a lot of people feel that as well like just where you. You know, what, what is heaven to an individual, right? Um, I, I'm sure everyone's got their own definition of what that is, but it seems to me that some of the hallmarks would be feeling completely accepted just as you are, mm-hmm. feeling completely loved and knowing that's not going to change, you know, and feeling safe to be who you are and, you um, um, uh, encouraged to be who you are and praised for being just who you are, you know, and where you can find that, you know, there might be like community types of places where that is, or just really cool pockets, like really cool, like towns, you know, where, where, where people have that, but I think it's definitely happening. And it's, I think it's going to be happening more, you know, I think that there are going to be like, my understanding as, as a Pleiadian is that, um, We are to be building communities right now, to be building these communities where people can, can come, you know, Um, almost like, uh, think of it as like communities of light, right? Like, you know, where, where people will be attracted um, to the, you know, to, to that energy and will find themselves there. Well, you know, um, we'll be guided there, you know, Um, so that you've got all these people with like like like-minded energies um, converging in one place, you know? And, yes. and, when, <laughs> and when you have that, I think you 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 shift the energy that's around you, you shift the energy of the environment around you, you know? And so to have like these little pods all over the world is what is what I understand to be happening right now. People are building these pods, building out these communities, um, and eventually they'll all be connected um, so that. You you know you might be in California, but you're going to I don't know Turkey for some reason, and you'll there'll be a pod there, there'll be family there to welcome you, so that you are always existing in these in these you know these 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 energetic fields where heaven can happen.
0: That sounds <laughs> divine. Literally, that's divine. They're little they're little pockets of divinity. Well, because as you're describing that, I was thinking you know what is heaven? Well you know, I think that heaven is when you're, you're able to fully express because heaven is the feeling of love. That feeling you get that sadly is, is too rare, but there's those moments of just pure joy that I think every human's experienced at some point. And maybe it's like when you're first falling in love or when you're really excited about something and it literally feels like something just opens up through you and it's just this ecstasy. And that sounds like heaven. That sounds like what you're describing and what Because these communities you're describing would enable that, right? It's not so much where the community is or what it does. It's that it enables you to feel fully expressed and open so that you're, you know, you're you're expressing that love and feeling that sensation of what I would, you know, I would say that that's the universe, that's oneness, what people might call source, God, that that when you express, that's what's coming through is life itself is coming through. Mm
1: -hmm, And that's,
0: that is heaven. That's a heavenly feeling because then we're remembering who we really are.
1: Yes,
0: yes, That's what we really are. It's just that full expression out, you know, in the cosmos all over in the universe.
1: Yes, I love that. That is so, that feels so resonant and so true.
0: And I'm so excited that you feel like these, these pods are being created. You know, it's interesting because I think about last year, I decided that um, every morning I, I do a, a plank, you know, where you're like, hold yourself up. I do it for one minute to like, you know, work your core and it's just a good way to start the day. And I say my intentions and I started saying, I open myself to love, success, and my community. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really just community. I just thought, man, like bringing like-minded people together to your point. But I hope that means that I'm, I'm, that's what I'm really looking for is that just what you described that all I'm manifesting slowly, um, Mm -hmm. that community of people who also are looking for that full expression and that experience of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, well, I imagine you'll be in my community. So I'll see you there. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Let me know. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Wow. Well, Dragonfly, this has been such an amazing conversation. I've learned so much more about you. I want to keep picking your brain about aliens and Pleiadians and all that because I love all that stuff. But thank you for sharing your little snippets with us and beautiful, delightful stories. So magical. And I'm so (laughs) happy and grateful for you. In our world, because we need that magic.
1: Uh, thank you so, so much, Whitney. You're a doll. It's been such a pleasure. I mean, I don't even really get to have these conversations as much as I would love to. You know, so it's been a joy for me to hang out and talk about this far out stuff. It's a blast. So thank yeah. you so much. We'll
0: definitely have to have you back on. So maybe pull out those, those journals and notebooks with all your notes. And we'll have you on and just talk all about those sort of encounters and all that in, in a, in a next episode.
1: I would love that. That That'd be so fun.
0: (laughs) Wow. Well, Dragonfly, I'm sure that there are many people out there who are listening to this and saying, Oh my gosh, I need this girl to help me find my soulmate because I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. How can they find you to work with you?
1: Uh, They can go to my website, dragonflymanifests.com that's manifests with an S on the end um, They can also find me on Clubhouse at Dragonflower or Dragonfly De La Luz, and I'm on Instagram as the Manifestation Experiment. That's the dot manifestation dot experiment on Instagram.
0: Perfect. Well, now we'll all be racing to go check you out.
1: <laughs> oh, and my email too, in case anyone wants that. It's Dragonfly De La Luz at gmail.com.
0: And is Luz L U Z? Yes. Yes. Of the yep. light. Was it of That's the light?
1: Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh,
0: I love it. I love <laughs> that. Well, thank you again for all your your beautiful sharing, for your beautiful gifts,
1: and I look forward to having you on another episode soon. Awesome, I love that. Thank you so much, Whitney. It's been such a pleasure.
0: That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guest. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.